From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The unofficial results from Alaska's special primary election show a close race between the three U.S. House candidates. According to the Alaska Division of Elections, Democrat Mary Peltola holds a slight lead over Republican Sarah Palin. Fellow Republican Nick Bagage is ranked third in the results. In an interview with Peltola on Wednesday, she shared her feelings about where the race stands on the day after Election Day. I'm cautiously optimistic. Of course, it feels great to see that level of support come from across the state. And we still have precincts yet to be in predominantly rural areas. So that bodes well. And I'm just really optimistic and I'm very grateful. Peltola said, regardless of the August 16th final results, she will be running for the two-year seat in the race to come. She said this is why she feels she had a strong showing in the special primary. We've been working really hard, and I think that the, the strong showing was a direct outcome of reaching out to, my team has reached out to over 80,000 Alaskan voters in the last few days. 24,000 text messages were sent out. I spend hours a day talking with Alaskan voters, and I've been traveling and meeting people face-to-face in their communities um, for a few months now. And so um, I think that it was a reflection of the work that we've put into this campaign and the work that we want to accomplish for Alaskans. Preliminary ranked choice results will be released no later than August 31st, and official results will likely be certified on September 2nd. The race to replace Sitka Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins' seat will see two candidates vie for the seat in November. Independent Rebecca Hemshoot of Sitka and Republican Kenny Scaffelstead of Huna got past the primary race Tuesday. At this early stage, Hemshoot drew 1,740 votes, or 53.65% of the total, while Scaffelstead tallied up 1,505 votes, or 46.35%. Election totals continue to roll in as of today. Hemshoot spoke about her plans for the upcoming general election. I feel really positive about the race. I like the outcome a lot, um, but there's still a lot of work to do. I have plans still to go around the district and start really meeting the constituents in the district. So I'm excited to get back out in the district. I've made one visit to almost all of the communities. It's time to make another trip around, visit the communities, and this time around, I'll have a little bit more time on the ground to actually meet with voters. And so um, I'm excited about the outcome, but that doesn't mean the work is done. This is why Scaffelstead said he is running. I think people are concerned with the way things are going in the whole country. I think our, uh, our area needs a, a, a common man, a working man, a guy that works in, uh, in many of the same circles as the, uh, as the people in the region do. I do this uh, in commercial fishing, and I do this at, uh, in my construction trade. And, uh, and, I, and I, think, uh, I think they can have a guy in there that they can relate to, that they'll be in touch with, and, uh, and that they can rely on. As a new legislator, should she win, Hemshoot said this of her priorities. As a beginning legislator, um, I have a lot to learn. So my plan is to listen and learn and then um, to actively work for the needs of the, the people in my district. And so I think an important part is if we can bring together a bipartisan coalition in the next session, that's going to make a huge difference for coastal Alaska and for the people uh, in my district. So if we can organize in a way that lets us effectively work across the aisle, that's going to be a huge win. 
Scaffolstead said he raised no large amounts of money during the primary campaign, but promised voters would see more of him leading up to November. I want the voters to know that, uh, you know, life calls. I, uh, I take the, all the elections and the voters' positions seriously. I just didn't feel right coming to uh, the voters in the district for campaign funding and bothering them were at this early stage when there were just two of us in the uh, somewhat academic primary election. They'll be seeing a lot more of me. They'll be hearing from me. They'll be a top rate, very active, proactive, robust campaign coming coming their way. And I think that uh, I think the people will be excited and, and, and happy with what they see. Legislative candidates Rebecca Hemshute and Kenny Scaffolstead in separate interviews with News of the North. With the unofficial results from the statewide House and Senate primary elections rolling in, Juno Senator Jesse Keel, who ran opposed this year, spoke to News of the North about the possibility of a coalition Senate. Early numbers from Tuesday's election are showing that could be a possibility. Here's Senator Keel. Primary elections are, are always a little tough. Um, we certainly saw some regions of the state that historically don't uh, vote in, in August in large numbers, and, and they certainly, uh, most folks did not go to the polls out in western Alaska again uh, in this race. But I think we're going to see some very different choices in front of the voters in November. And my hope is that that's going to mean Alaskans pick a legislature who looks a little more like them, a little less like the extremes on the left or the right, especially when it comes to individual legislative seats. So, um, you know, certainly we've seen some of the, the farther out there challengers and uh, some of the races uh, not overperform uh, the way they have in the past. And so I think uh, I think we have prospects for a, a legislature that will have the ability to get some work done by working a little closer to the middle. He'll explain the process of deciding who will be up for leadership in the 33rd Alaska legislature as it pertains to the Senate. Whatever the results are, we'll all talk with one another. Um, we'll, we're on the phones now. We'll be on the phones then. Uh, and, and folks will get together, pick a place and, and meet and just chat about about the direction uh, we think the Senate needs to go and, and who's best equipped to, to have some of those leadership posts. Uh, who's best equipped to hold some of those gavels and uh, sort of help shape individual bills and the flow of legislation. There's a lot of philosophy in that, a lot of uh, political values in that. There's also a lot of personalities in that. You know, you need people you can work with. So um, I'm I'm guardedly optimistic that we will have a coalition um, that's there just to work on the best outcomes for Alaska rather than pushing one party's agenda or, or one party's advantage um, you know, the eye needs to be on the work and not on the next election. Juno Senator Jesse Keel. Two oil and gas companies have announced plans to invest $2.6 billion into developing a major oil field on Alaska's North Slope. The Anchorage Daily News reports that Australia-based Santos and Spain-based Repsol made the announcement Tuesday. The announcement was cheered by state political leaders, Santos has a 51% stake in the PICA project, and the company says its investment will be $1.3 billion. Santos was last year acquired by Oil Search of Papua New Guinea, which has been working to advance the project. If developed, the field on state land east of the Natural Petroleum Reserve Alaska could significantly boost the flow of oil through the Trans-Alaska Pipeline System. 
also a judge's order that forced the Biden administration to resume sales of oil and gas leases on federal land and waters has been lifted by a federal appeals court. It was a victory for President Joe Biden, but the immediate effect was unclear. The much-heralded climate bill Biden signed into law Tuesday provides for new drilling opportunities in the Gulf of Mexico and Alaska and mandates new lease sales in coming months. Biden had postponed new sales soon after taking office in 2021 amid worries about climate changing emissions from burning the fuels. A federal judge in Louisiana later blocked the policy. The appeals court said yesterday the judge's reasons were unclear and sent the case back. Juneau Superior Court Judge Amy Mead provided an update to criminal jury trials after the pandemic while a guest on Action Line. I think in large part with respect to jury trials we're kind of back to normal business. You know there was a short period of time we only did what we termed priority hearings, um, arraignments, bail hearings, changes of pleas and sentencing, child protection cases, that kind of thing. There was a longer period of time during which jury trials were postponed. We didn't want to bring people to the courthouse in light of the public health issues, but those postponements began lifting last fall with a few stops and starts as the pandemic waxed and waned. She further explained that jury trials returned. As of January, we've been back to jury trials, in-person court appearances. Um, When the attorneys call ready for trial, we can accommodate that and we go to trial. So I can't speak to how things are going from the attorney's standpoint because I know that the two state agencies that handle most of the criminal cases, the Public Defender Agency, the District Attorney's Office, they're down some staff. And I think that impacts how things proceed. But when people are ready to go to trial, we go to trial. Judge Mead was asked if there is a backlog. Not from the court's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it, Looking at the numbers, they're pretty close to what they have been over the past few years. Um, we do have fewer, well, things are taking a little bit longer to resolve. I've said this before, but really historically only about 3% of criminal cases go to trial. The rest are resolved through a plea negotiation process between the defense attorney and the state. That's taking a little bit longer, but I think that's in large part because of the staffing shortages right now. Juno Superior Court Judge Amy Mead. The Mendenhall Glacier Visitor Center will shift to fall-winter hours next month. According to the U.S. Forest Service, the Visitor Center will transition to limited fall hours beginning September 28th. Regular winter hours begin on October 24th. The complete list of hour changes can be found under the news tab of KINYradio.com. The center is closed on federal holidays during the winter season. Outdoor areas and trails around the center are open 6 a.m. to midnight year-round. News of the North spoke with Territorial Sportsman President Ryan Beeson about the results of this year's derby over the weekend. He was asked about the coho and King Salmon Halls. I was hoping for more, um, but I, from talking to people fishing, it had been pretty slow up until the derby. Um, so I was kind of expecting a lower year. Unfortunately, they didn't show up over the weekend, um, but there's really not much we can do about that. Um, I think last year we had a great coho year for the same weekend, so it just were, you know, a lot of variables come at play, and this year the cohos weren't, weren't in quite yet. King Salmon was about on par, I think very similar to the prior year. Um, King Salmon is obviously significantly less than the cohos. We make our money on the cohos, um, but year over year, King Salmon was about the same. 
Um, so it was just, just the cohos that were down significantly. Beeson explained how they got to the $16,000 figure. So approximately 5,500 pounds of that were cohos, and 2,000 pounds of that were king salmon. Um, Alaska Glacier Seafoods handles all of the purchasing of that and all of the um, providing all of the ice, and they pay us um, dock price for those. Um, and I believe it was around $1.50 a pound for the cohos and around $4 a pound for the king salmon. And then total, that's what came up to our price of the uh, $16,000 and change. I think it was closer to 17000 He provided details about awards night at Centennial Hall tonight. Everything is good to go. Um, Derby Awards starts at 5.30 for anybody who wants to pick up any of the scholarship prizes. Um, 6 o'clock is the, um, the three teams event winners. Um, they do the high fives from 6 to 7. And then at 7 o'clock is the main ceremony where we um, do the, give out the prizes through the 1 through 50. Um, there's a couple more high fives. Um, and then obviously we recognize the winners and, and so forth is, is how the process will work. And made this call for volunteers. Derby is in much need of more volunteers. Um, over the last few years with COVID and some of our older volunteers kind of slowing down, we really need more volunteers to continue the Derby. It's just um, the, we're way under understaffed as far as volunteers, and it really takes a toll on the uh, few people we do have. So I think that's the biggest point is that we need more help. Um, we're going to be asking for help, and hopefully that's where some people will step up and uh, um, help us volunteer in the future. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.